You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. culture from the belly of the beast once a week i'm your host dan with me as always are my two it was fine it was fine a second ago take the damn headphones off then whatever it was fine are my two co-hosts des well i'm a co-host and will i'm pretty sure the guy who doesn't get earphones isn't quite a co-host what would he be then random comment guy oh no i tested those specifically I just really like these, so I take them. I tested them specifically so one of you could use them, and they worked, and they were great. Can I ask you one question? Yes. Which microphone were you talking into? Oh, I tested this one and that one. Did you test Will's? I didn't because actually test Will's microphone. Testing. To- no, I, 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 I can't, can't hear anything of these. Can you hear us at least? No. Not even Are you I, sure they're not plugged in, Dan? I, they're all plugged in. I don't know. I don't know. You don't, you don't have to wear them. You can if you want. You don't have to. And my son is literally sitting in the corner. With a cracker crying. No, so, so no, you no. want to start this over? So you against the wall. Of dead audio. Like yeah, this. That's all right. What? He's against the wall. He's against the wall. Oh, in a corner. Well, be still. Is it against the wall? This is how we're going tonight. Well, we he puts baby in the corner. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I haven't seen you guys. Well, I, 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 I seen saw Will twelve days ago at our annual holiday dinner. Des was not feeling well that night, but you and I, you and I went and saw Star Wars the day before. We did. Which was awesome. Um, and then we actually recorded the week before that, so this has been many weeks of not recording. But how have you guys been? How was the time since the party in Star Wars? How was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? It is the first day of oh, 2016. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was by far the most low-key Christmas and New Year's of my entire life. My Christmas was not low-key because we had it here. But New Year's I didn't wrap anything. I don't think I unwrapped anything. Yeah. Really? And I went nowhere on New Year's. Oh. Des, how about you? Um, I at least unwrapped a couple of presents. Yeah, I unwrapped a couple things. I No, I, I don't think I did. I didn't do anything on New Year's. I don't like New Year's. Oh, shit. I had some for Des and I forgot to bring it. Oh. <coughs> That's okay. That this that wouldn't be the first Christmas that that happened. That's all right. I'll get it to you. <laughs> eventually, it'll eventually it'll happen. Um, no, we had, we had Christmas here with all the families, so that was crazy. Um, somebody... My, my mother-in-law bought me the finishing touch of my 10th Doctor cosplay, which is the trench coat. Um, so that okay. was cool. I got the trench coat. Um, Rihanna bought me a new wallet, which I need to uh, up, load up. And I, oh, yeah, your me, wallet's beat to shit. She got me some shoes, um, which are cool. So that, that was that. Um, I, was, I was talking to the guys earlier. My PS3 died, and I got a new one off of eBay, and... It doesn't play games. It does everything else. Just get a four. I know. I think I'm just. I think I'm just gonna get the four at this point. Like, there's enough games out. There's two Assassin's Creed games. There's, there's I can a ton get, of stuff on. I it. can get GTA Five for the PS4. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, 
but yeah, no. And then like yesterday, okay, so New Year today was today was my final day at my current job, and I am starting a new job on Tuesday. Um, but I, I, the only reason I went in today, I went in for two reasons. Two reasons, one specifically, and then one that being an extra bonus. But I, I went in because my boss asked me if I would not mind doing the year-end inventory for food. And because I'm a nice guy, I went in, and it was supposed to be at five in the morning this morning. It ended up only it ended up being at eight a.m. But I ended up going in and doing inventory, kind of finishing the day out about 4 p.m., talking, you know, kind of doing some training, and then I left. So that was my New Year's. We did nothing because I had to be at work today, and I worked basically all day. But I get my insurance. I'll get insurance all the way through January 31st. You better got more than that, Dan. That what? I, you better have a recommendation from that guy forever. Oh, no, no, no. Victoria is going to, yeah, basically, the fact that I went in, and they gave me a $100 gift card to say thank you for all of my hard work. That's, but less, I, that's less important. Than, like, that's a really I'm sure Victoria will shady give me, thing to ask of someone who's leaving you. I'm sure Victoria will, will give me a glowing recommendation should I ever need one. Uh, so, Good. Victoria, the director of finance at my old hotel, that was, that, was, that was my holidays. Okay. Sounds like you guys had a good time, too. Yeah, we, uh, we ended up with a new dog for Rachel's mom the day after Christmas. Does it live with you? No. No. In fact, <laughs> in fact right now it still lives uh, with the with the people who had it before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we, we went. So my, my wife decided we went to breakfast uh, the morning of her birthday up to this place in Alpine that she really likes where they have, um, I got pen, uh, peanut butter, banana, French toast. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, it is. Oh, she sounds really good. <laughs> And then it was like, well, what else do you want to do? He didn't really have anything planned for her birthday. She's like, I want to go to Petco and see the puppies. Like, <laughs> this was her idea of the oh. next fun thing to do during the day. I'm like, okay. I'm like, damn it, I might end up with a puppy if this goes wrong, right? So we go down there. Wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. Petco? <laughs> no, there's always the same people down there. They, they have these rescue dogs from like El Centro and uh, San Felipe. <laughs> Yeah, they're always like half Chihuahua mutts. That's where my mom got her dog. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where uh, that's where uh, Molly came from. So we uh, we go down there, and it's the usual mix of half of, of mangy half Chihuahua mutts. Yeah, and yeah. they're all yappy and terrible. Like nothing is cute until the very end. It's always the last one. At the, well, no, the very very last one is always the ten year old ten year old giant dog, mm-hmm. which is always the one I get along with. The one right before that was a golden brown poodle about yay big um, for the folks at home like the size of maybe a Fabergé egg (laughs) 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 is tiny tiny and not only that they've got it dressed up in like a Christmas red tutu dress thing it is the most (laughs) I hate poodles I really do and it was one of those like, was like, and like, and like isn't that cute? I'm like, begr- you know, grudgingly, yes, that's cute. <laughs> I don't want it anywhere near me. Um, but yes, it's cute. And then yeah, we had brought grandma along and they're like, we have to let your mom know she's gonna want this dog. I'm like, oh no 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 no. She's no, gonna no, end no. up living with you. Bad that's, idea. That's bad idea. And I was like, no 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 no. She's still getting over. She she lost a poodle a few months back. She's still getting over that. Like you know, and. Um, yeah, I went and picked her up. They made me go pick her up and bring her over, and she immediately fell in love with it. And so, because that's what happens. Like, yeah, they're they're holding on to it for another week so they can get it spayed and uh, get it some more vaccines and so on. So she gets it tomorrow, 
Um, I'm sure we're all very excited. It, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, it's your dog until eventually it's my dog. So. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen. Is it's going to be his <laughs> dog? I mean, eventually, we're going to go to your house, and there's going to be a, the new poodle. And then we're just Molly doesn't try to eat. <laughs> oh, here's, here's the, the, the worst thing. Right? Right? So the damn dog, the, the the dog's name that they already had given it is Muffins. Oh no, oh, it can't be Muffins. And, no. um, and her mom takes one look at it and was like, "No, the dog's name is Susie." Like just like no hesitation, no thought put into it. Just like immediately, like, that's immediately what came to mind, and that's the name. And so it is written, and so it is. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Susie, it is. That sounds fun. Yeah, so we lost like three hours on the day after Christmas, sitting around the outside of Petco, bonding with a poodle. Mm-hmm. Puppies are cute. That, yeah, sure, sure. You know, human type people like the puppies. I do. No, I like them. The fact that I, I am the type who like there was the the big dog was like a ten year old big like black going gray dog named Jimbo that wasn't in a crate. It was the only one that was just you know allowed to kind of mingle with the people. And so I sit there with that dog because that's the one I feel bad about. Like you know, and so while everybody's there, I'm just hanging out with him. And he was one of those dogs where if you stop petting him, he'll put his paw up on your leg or arm to be like, like, hey, you, you stopped. <laughs> Have you realized you stopped? Because you stopped. You, you, stopped. Need, you need to continue. So i got to get stuck with that for a while. <sighs> this is really good. Des brought something called the best damn root beer. Um, it's alcoholic. It's actually, it's actually not the best damn root beer. It's not? No. Well, what is it? Um, as of as of yet, I've only had two two varieties. But um, Coney, pretty good. Coney Island Brewing, which they have at Nikki Rotten's, is much, much better. That's actually this one good. tastes a lot more like beer. I, I, I'm, I like it. I don't like root beer. You know, I found the other day over at Brody's. Peppermint Victory at Sea. Oh. Victory at Sea is already dangerous. That's yeah, Ballast Point. It's super dangerous. That, those, that's Ballast Point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ballast Point, which was coming to a store near you. Now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no matter where you are. It got bought for a billion dollars. Ballast Point is now coming to a store near you. Um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, cool. All right. I mean, I've got some topics, but I figured we could talk about Star Wars because we're all here and we've all seen it. And, Everyone, oh, the pizza dude's here! <laughs> dude, the right. pizza dude. You gotta go get him. You know. Oh, where did my wife go? Damn it! All right, can't talk about yourself. <laughs> I'll give you a topic. I feel, I feel real bad for the people at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got something we can talk about. I think. What do you got? Um, I, I just realized this year is is maybe this is just me, but is New Year's just something that's just like important to young people? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean the party part of it. On my Facebook feed, there's a bunch of kids from college, obviously. We're putting up kind of like um, composite photos of like their favorite photos that they took of themselves in 2015 and things like God. that. And people saying like 2015 was a good year. And I'm sitting there going, I don't really count whether or not a year's a good year. Yeah, I have no more. idea who's well, good or bad. You know what? I, I generally do. I, um, I said that ran at the beginning of the year, I said 2015 is going to be a great year for us. This is like January 2nd. And it actually ended up being a really good year. I ended up getting my dream job, which uh, I start, you know, obviously next week. But I went through. Did he just define working for the man as his <laughs> dream on. job? He, he, he does not work for the man. I work for the man. He he works for no, the no. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on. I may actually be the man. 
Will, uh, in, in the realm of our <laughs> podcast, you guys technically work for the man. Yeah, that's as right. much as we're going to say about that. Um, but like, I started with a job that was eh, and then I went to a really shitty job, and then I got the job at the hotel, which was amazing, and, and, and this pretends to go up, and it, it all happened in 2015. Grayson had a great year. Rihanna got a really good job. Um, the podcast did well. I ended up hanging out with you guys, and that was always wonderful. Um, I, I, I just 2015 was a good year, but like, I, I kind of agree with you that I'm not like... You know, I'm not. It's it's all kind of running together. A year at this is point. such an arbitrary measurement. It's like not like Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's not even an accurate one. <laughs> like this say, has no astronomical significance. <laughs> I was going to say it. It is. No, you, I mean, like, isn't it like one loop around? It's one. It's mostly almost, one loop around the almost, sun. Almost. It, the, aside from the fact, it's not. It's not actually accurate. Accurate um, enough. I don't know about accurate enough. Anytime you need to have a leap day, it means that... Well, they have to have leap seconds every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean... Just to get... Why, why, why should one revolution around the sun be important to people? That's what I mean by so arbitrary. Uh, I, well, no, I mean, it, I mean, we define up the seasons yearly, and that's important. And also, yeah, I feel I like people need... That, people need sort of divisions of time in order to feel like I've accomplished something today, this week, this month, this year. It just, you know, it's why we do birthdays and it just, you know, the, as you say, the seasons. I think people mentally need that. I read about one, uh, apparently. Somebody managed to have twins. Philosophical. Uh, apparently on, on New Year's. With one born, like three minutes apart, one born before midnight, one born after. Different years. Different years. And somebody eventually along the comments eventually pointed out, you only get one tax break. Yeah. <laughs> leave, leave it to somebody to be the practical one to mention, like, financially. You only it sucks one. that that kid wasn't born uh, two minutes earlier. Yeah, you only get one tax break for, mm. for this year. Um, that's why he was born since uh, January 13th, and I was really hoping. Yeah, I'm like, my niece. Be two weeks uh, early. My niece had a, had her baby on New Year's Eve, uh, so she got in just under the deadline there, which makes me a great uncle for, like, the third time. Oh. I think. Second time. Well, it's the gray hair. Yeah. The gray hair. It makes me seem especially old. What? What do you, what do you hey, say? Grayson. No, no. No, no. What does that mean? No. You want to talk to the microphone? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna put you down. Okay. That was amazing. That was a Daniel Zisco style disaster if I ever saw one. No, no. I don't think you're getting to put him down. He uh, almost knocked over his microphone into both of his drinks. Grayson, this this is called a conversation. We have it over microphone on the podcast. Come on, come on, lay it on us, Grayson. Yeah. What, how was your day? Say something. Did you go to the zoo? No, no. What'd you see at the zoo? Uh, elephants. Airplanes. Elephants. Oh, there, there you go. Okay. Wow. This is rapey. True. Glass of whiskey. Glass. Anyway. All right. So we're starting back up because somehow I stopped it because I talk with my hands. Right? Is that what we basically decided? That Dan breaks everything? Dan breaks everything. Dan breaks everything. Um, I do have another thing I want to talk about. Okay. Because I just found this very funny and ironic. Uh, Dan, you're losing your... Your root beer. There you Th- go. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, I don't know what's going on. There. As we all know, this may be one of your topics, Dan. That that mm-hmm. giant, horrible, awful man, and I'm not talking about his behavior. I'm talking about him physically acting. The, Are you talking the, about George Lucas? The pudding pop man. Uh, Bill Cosby. Is he? Do you think he's going to jail? I, I, I think there's <laughs> something's going to jail. I think it's going to be. Um, a little difficult not to have a jury anywhere in the U.S. at this point not already convinced that he's guilty. Well, that's my problem. Okay, so those of you who don't know, on the 30th, Bill Cosby was... There was a warrant issued for Bill Cosby's arrest, I think, in 
Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So because yeah. I was like Pittsburgh. The northern, That's not the, the state. No, the Pennsylvania. North, the normal, the northern suburbs of Philadelphia is where this took place. Yeah. Okay. So uh, basically, he did all of the allegations against Bill Cosby about him essentially raping people, um, women usually. Um, this is this is the one where the case is a little weak because Cosby's claim is that it was consensual. And unfortunately, claim on all of them. unfortunately, his um, victim in this case is very, very gay. Kind of casting doubt on the idea of it being consensual. True enough. Um, this was the one that happened in 2001, 2006? Yeah, there was a 12-year statute of limitations, and they filed a few like, days before it expired. Yeah, that's what I figured. It was. It, it, it got a lot of airplay because it actually became a campaign issue in the DA's race in this particular Yeah, and I, so basically, he went to Pennsylvania. He presented himself. They booked him, They and he met bail. He paid his bail, and now he's free, and he's... Um, basically going to fight this. Um, a couple interesting things about this. Number one, can, at this point, man is 78 years old. Are you really going to, are you really going to put, who's going to put Bill Cosby in jail for it? Number one, the reason that Des said, and number two, I, I feel like it's now gotten to the point where people are going to start, the tide's going to turn against the accusers and not because they're wrong or they're lying. I, doubt I just feel like public opinion is going to start like no. shifting. Man, no, Michael Jackson, uh, you know, seemed pretty, Pretty creepy and guilty, and he got acquitted. Yeah, no, Dan. I think the real issue here is not that the people are going to turn on the accusers. That's not the issue here. There may be a little bit of that sympathy vote on a potential jury, where it's like his life is already ruined, and everyone thinks he's a rapist, anyways. And no matter what we find, they're still going to think he's a rapist. Isn't that enough? I don't happen to agree with that sentiment, but I'm sure there's some people out there who feel that way. I don't know how Pennsylvania law works. If it's anything like California law, their prosecutors will be able to drag in every other accuser. No, I think they they are, because Gloria Allred, who's representing a few of them, have basically, she's already come out and said, we are already discussing when my clients will have to testify. So they're going to pull everybody. They're going for pattern of behavior, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't help that he has effectively admitted engaging in this activity in a court deposition. Yeah. That doesn't help. Does he go to jail, though? Yeah. You think? If he's convicted, yes. You're going to put Bill Cosby... But that's the thing. Is he going to get convicted if he's going to jail? He's going to die in prison if he gets convicted. Yeah. He's up for 25 to life. Bill Cosby. I mean, yeah, he's a horrible man, but... (laughs) He's 78. So, what does what does the one have to do with the other? I don't know. I feel like his wife. I don't understand why his wife hangs out. I, That's I, the other I, thing. Is I'm like, why are you still with this asshole? Like, you know what? You know what I think is really troublesome most about what troubles me most about this case is the idea that there's a statute of limitations. There should that that, that there's one at all or yes, at all. I there think, shouldn't be. I you think, think rape should be like murder. I mean, like, what's the likelihood someone's going to charge you 15 years after a rape? Really low. But I think they should still have the right to do it if they manage to uncover enough evidence to convict you. Yeah, well, it's, the, not like, actually, it's not like a, a, a personal theft crime or, or, or the type of crime that I think should have a statute of limitations. Yeah, there's actually a lot of different, I mean, it depends on the state, but there's a lot of different statutes depending on how old the person was at the time, Since, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're younger. It children, may take children. many years yeah. before they actually come forward and say anything. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's troublesome <coughs> to me, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Okay, when this happened, of course, it was a slow news day, which means on MSNBC for seven straight hours, it was nothing but but people talking about Bill Cosby. Nothing. Wow. And in that mix, I saw two lawyers arguing with each other that the original DA, the guy who lost this most recent campaign, and lost maybe because of this case, because 
the Cosby ad was a really good ad. <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't imply that he was a son of a bitch for not prosecuting Cosby. It just made the correlation of well, if he didn't prosecute Cosby, how many people that he should have prosecuted did he not while he was district attorney? How little do you care well, about? I, mean, I, I feel like safety? I feel like you could make that <clears throat> argument, but. In, in this conversation I was listening to, one person said his excuse was bad because he said I didn't prosecute him because I didn't think I could win. And someone actually said, that's not how you're supposed to decide as a prosecutor. And I just thought of you. <laughs> how many cases, Will, when you were in issuing, how many cases did you issue where you thought you just had no chance of winning? You know, you don't do that. No. <laughs> no. No, you mean... <laughs> No. That's the thing. Is you have to believe that at the time that you issue the case, this is a case that I can prove beyond a reasonable doubt. That's just it. It's not about winning. It's about whether or not can I prove this. I can make the consequences so great that the guy will cop to it. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. No, the standard is going to be, I am not issuing this if I don't believe that I can prove the case beyond a reasonable, reasonable doubt. I, I See, I've been thinking of Will, and we started talking about this earlier, that I've been listening to Serial. We talked about this, and, I've, like, and, and I really, I want you to listen to this, and because I, immediately I said, I've listened to, this, to the first season of Serial, and Will's like, oh, about, about the kid who killed his girlfriend, and I'm like, see, you're an attorney. I want you to listen, because I really want to know what you think based off of this, this reporter's kind of what she's telling us and what we're not hearing. Like, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I had a friend who listened to it. She's, apparently, she could not stop rolling her eyes and yelling at the radio as she was listening. Because, like, 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 if you were listening to a podcast about, like, accounting and finance, and, and, and like, I'd probably be doing that. I'd probably be rolling my eyes, but I don't know. I'm not the lawyer guy. And so I'm like, I wonder what Will thinks about this. Yeah. Well, but, it's, it's a very selective presentation of the evidence. That's exactly that it. That's exactly it. So yeah, but that's what what's the what's the thing you always say? Well, the defining thing you've ever said about the law. <laughs> I don't know what is it, and I'm hoping it was something really smart it sounding. It is when someone <laughs> asks you whether or not something is legal or something should be legal, your response is it, it depends. Rules of Civic Geek 107. It depends. <laughs> um, um, I will say this about Bill Cosby though, even though knowing that he might possibly be a dirty, dirty rapist. Does it ruin all of the wonderful comedy he's done over the years? No, his behavior in general as a man does that. See, I, I, I can kind of separate myself. I can't. I can't separate the Bill Cosby who views his own race in such a negative light. Right? Like, he doesn't see their good qualities. He sees all their bad qualities. And he points them out repeatedly. As him being, you know, kind of this prototypical... This is what a, an African-American family man should look like in America. I can't separate those two pieces of, of ideology, right? That's what they were trying to build in Cliff Huxtable. And he, the extension of that is how Bill Cosby behaves now, which means that I, I really hope that very few African-Americans look at that show and go like, that's the family we're aspiring to be. Be something more interesting than that, something that can, I don't know, include a slightly greater sense of empathy for your fellow man. Brianna has a point. She wants to jump in. Well, no, it's mostly just expanding on what Des was saying because Bill Cosby spent half of his career as a comedian and spent <clears throat> half of his career, I would say, berating a lot of the Afri young male African-American population about how they shouldn't subscribe to these stereotypes and don't let people paint them as 
uneducated drug abusing rapists and you know try and break that mold become educated you know spend your life being good people spend your you know show america that you're wrong and that it doesn't matter what color your skin is that you can be a productive member of society and i think he kind of blew that to hell because now all he's really taught is you can be a super productive member of society who's very successful and rapes people on the side your wife's way better at this. She's a lot smarter than us. She, she really yeah. is. We did one podcast with her. Go listen to it. I think it's, it was almost a year ago, so like, you know, yeah. 50 episodes ago. She was great on it. I was terrible. Did you ask me originally, like, his little bit about Noah and the Ark? That's still really fucking funny. Uh, yeah. I, I would have trouble listening to it because of who was actually explaining it, but if somebody else told that joke, yeah. th- that's actually like, a really Bill Cosby joke. himself, the comedy in and of itself is funny, but it's now tainted with this weird, like you're always going to, like I think the comedy is funny, but I think you're always going to have that in the back of your head yeah. forever. You know, I was thinking the, um, the rest of the actors on that show probably got royalties when it was shown. Yeah. And now it's being pulled off of TV land. It's being pulled from every place it was being shown. I'm like, you probably cost everybody else on that show livelihood. Money, a lot of money. money, a lot of money, a lot of money. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Cosby. I mean, obviously, you cost a lot of, of women a lot, a lot of, of women. things, too. But, yeah. like, but, those, but the two things have nothing to do with each right. other. You know what I mean? Like, the, only thing, the only thing I will say is, is this, is that provided we come to a consensus permanently that Bill Cosby committed these acts, regardless whether or not we put him in prison, he becomes a really good example to explain to people who don't understand rape, rape. Because I would consider us a fairly liberal table. I'm the, the, the most conservative person at this oh table, God, and I'm center a... left. Can I finish my thought? Yes, and then, okay. uh, um, yes. <laughs> and, and I think we can all admit that we don't like criminals, but when you look at criminals, there are usually underlying reasons why most of them became criminals in the first place. We can agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. But... Bill Cosby had no need to drug and rape women. No. He was a very successful, good-looking young man in Hollywood. He had plenty of women throwing themselves at him. Rape is not a crime of sex. And the fact that most people who don't think rape is a problem don't understand that rape isn't about sex, it's about power, is probably the thing we need to do most to get everybody up to speed on why we should not help rapists. And maybe Bill Cosby makes a good art. You know, like we can use him as a pointing out that like Bill Cosby didn't have to do any of that. Yeah, and yet he still he did, did it because it. it was about power. It, it wasn't was about, about it wasn't about sex. Interesting side note is I actually learned what rape was from a spinoff of The Cosby Show. <laughs> like another world? Yeah, it was a different world. A different world. There was a scene I'll never forget. This Sinbad was talking to Dwayne Wayne. And they were having a conversation about rape. I think one of Dwayne Wayne's friends was accused of rape, and he didn't know what it was. And uh, like, it was this whole thing. Like, and oh, wait, what, what? Tonight on a very special. And- <laughs> <laughs> it was a different world. Different. Another world was so popular. We all made the same mistake. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and I'll never forget. I don't know what the conversation was. Um, and but what the, the end of it was, Sinbad told Dwayne Wayne, if she says no and you do it anyway, that's rape in the Sinbad way that he did things. And I'm like, oh my god, that's what that means. And that always stuck with me. That one moment always stuck with me. And I'm you know, 25 years going on now. Um, I, 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 How old were you in this? I don't know, 12, 10. I don't 
don't know. It was a while ago. It was a different. It was Dwayne Wayne. Come on, Dwayne Wayne. Sinbad. It sounds like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I was like, wait, Sinbad was talking to the guy on the Miami Heat. Oh, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. So, so that's that. That's that. Um, before we get on to start with the first awakens, I would just like to congratulate the winner of the Musings of a Geek Fantasy Football League 2015. <laughs> oh wait, that's me. That's totally me. Damn. Damn. I had to throw that out there. Damn. Why did you do that? You had an opportunity to make your, your fantasy football season really like an accomplishment and something good, and instead you're now a douchey guy patting himself on the back. No, you know what? It, it, uh, I, it, it, he gets his congrats. He, he went 15-0 and 0 this year. I was very excited. I was very, very excited. Here's like, the funny thing that happens, right, is you're still you're still really into it when you're in the championship. And you forget that, like, the you other know, 10 people <laughs> in the championship have checked out a long time ago, and they don't give a fuck. They don't even know who won, right, most of the time. They just do not care. Um, but, no, no, it was impressive. I had, uh, I was Thank playing, in, you. Thank I was you playing in two championships. Did you win either of them? I won one. Good! I won That's one good. Of, yeah, I won one of my work ones, where <laughs> I had the ninth most points in that And you league, still won? And I got into the playoffs, and then I won, th- I had to win three rounds, and, and I you did. did. That's um, crazy. I snuck in in the last week, and then uh, I won the damn thing. But all I could do, so, so, so well, the, the reason I thought of it, though, is because when you are congratulating yourself, I do the thing where, just like in our league, I do the little write-ups at the end of every Yeah, game. yeah. Who won, what happened, anything funny I can think of and throw in there, what have you. I do enjoy your write-ups, by the way. And I thoroughly enjoy your write-ups. <laughs> so this one, though, I get to the point where I'm, I, I, I can really only do self-deprecating humor when it comes to my own games um, or a little bitch moan wine, something. I can't really congratulate myself. So it's really tough when you get and you're like, I won. Yeah. I don't know how to do the write-up. I'm like, I won. So, um, no, he's too nice to be Roxanne. <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah, but this is if, if a nice person did the write-ups. Yeah, so... Um, so all I could do in this one, I, I the only reason I won is because I made the last minute, like two days beforehand, I decided to pick up Kirk Cousins and start him. Oh, yeah. That would have worked. And he had the top score of the week. Yeah, and that would have pretty much won the whole thing for me. So all I could do was pick the, uh, I was going to try to find the vine, but that wasn't going to be post well. So I just found the picture of Kirk Cousins pointing at the camera while wearing the t-shirt of Kirk Cousins pointing at the camera <laughs> yelling, you like that? And I just posted that picture. And half the people didn't get it because they don't know the Kirk Cousins reference well enough or at all. But I figured that was the easiest thing to do rather than being like, congrats to me. Yay me. You know, and I didn't even say yay me on on Twitter. I got a couple of people that had had congratulated me. And it was, I I didn't expect to win. And I just wanted, I'm like, it's never going to happen again, ever. It will never happen again. The saddest thing is since I'm the person who collected the money, I don't get to pay myself. Like, I already had the money. I actually have to pay out the second person. <laughs> so it feels like he won. So I'm actually paying money out. I just console myself that I'm not paying out everything. You know, I get to keep some of what was already paid to me. There you go. Yeah, so that was our fantasy football year. Dan, Dan went undefeated. He did very well. And then we'll see if uh, if it was a fluke or if Dan has solved fantasy football. <laughs> and he is the oracle next year. No, I was serious. By the end, by the end, in my other leagues, I was going... Dan picked up somebody. Maybe I should pick up that guy and start him. <laughs> because no matter who he plays, they do amazing. Maybe I should pick up David Johnson. <laughs> I was going to lose that game. And then David Johnson went for like 43 points. Yeah, no, you were out. You were cooked in the, in the semifinal. 
No, I had, I had, I congratulated Bob. I would put the phone. Oh yeah, down. you did the the Al Gore concession text. I did. I did the text. I went off like I took the, my wife and kid, and we went to look at Christmas lights up on Pepper Drive. And yeah, well, did you not know until I texted you? Until you texted me, <laughs> and then you texted me, and I'm like, why is wife texting me? And I handed the phone to Rana. She was like, Oh, you won. I'm like, No, I didn't. <laughs> I have to revise that by saying. He was in a shitty mood all day because he lost. <laughs> Quotes. Yeah, no, no, I was. I was he absolutely. He was like, I'm out. He was I'm out. And he was mad all day long. And then when he got the text, he's like, oh, I won. I'm like, I thought you lost. He's like, well, no, I was projected to lose. I'm like, you spent all day, a whole day, <laughs> wasting my time in a shitty mood because you thought you were going to lose. Well, because it was, I was like 25 more back. That, like, that was my fault, Rihanna. <laughs> I told him how he wanted me to beat him in week 13 because how embarrassing would it be to go undefeated and then lose your first game? I thought of you. I, 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 I was like, son of a bitch, guys. God damn it. <laughs> but, no, I mean, well, and then I texted Will and I was just like, I don't know how that happened. He's like, you're the Oracle. I'm like, I, well, nobody's ever called me the Oracle about anything. It's fucking Oracle. Ever. Oh, ever. Um, all right. So we've, we've all finally got together. After two over two weeks, and we all saw Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and so, what did we all think? Yeah, I saw it with a super crooked neck because I was in the second row. Oh, so you were like, uh, you were like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Luckily, I'm the type who can naturally like slouch down really far in my seat so that I'm looking upwards anyway, and I can be completely comfortable that way. But for regular human beings who prefer to sit upright, I'm sure that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Doesn't I? Actually, there were some guys who. There were like the, the group of guys who were sitting near us, like before the movie started. One of them's like, <clears throat> "All right, there's no room for us up uh, up higher, but once the lights go out, I think we can move up and sit on the stairs. It'll be dark enough they won't see us, and uh, the fire like hazard people won't come out and throw us out." And the other three guys looked at me and went, "We're not doing that." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved I loved his commitment. <laughs> like, like, I'm willing to sit on the stairs to get a better angle. He was ready. We went. I met. Uh, Des said he had an extra ticket, and I uh, I took him up on the offer. Grayson's going crazy. You had food. It's time to take a bath. You gave him pizza. Um, yeah, and so I met Des at the Edwards uh, in line, and uh, we got there. He went and got suits for us. I went and got popcorn and, and whatnot. Actually, Dan's skipping a few steps. Um, Dan okay. arrives, and within 12 seconds, while wearing a cow, goes, It's cold. Yeah, I was, I was cold. Oh my god! You know, I've been in this line for like ten minutes already. It's very cold. Yeah, well, we had the thing where I had the tickets to the 7:30 p.m. showing, so like as it was coming out, and so people were waiting in line outside in the cold, and I'm at that point like thinking maybe I have pneumonia. I'm doing so badly, but I'm like, but you're there. But I'm not going to miss Star Wars. I have tickets, so. <laughs> So that's why we got in so late that we ended up in the front row or what have you. And then I'm that guy for the whole movie where I'm like, I don't care that I'm coughing through the whole movie. I'll try to hold it until something loud is going on. But I am going to. I will infect this entire theater. I, to see Star Wars. I get to see Star Wars. <laughs> um, I, I actually appreciate it. you went to the very top of the theater that we were in. You sat right in the middle. It was a great spot to see the movie. Um, and, I, and Dan finally realized that the reason you sit right below the projector at Edwards and Regal Theaters is because the length between that row and the next row is ungodly long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you get tons of legs. Oh, it's like five and a half feet long. Oh, my God, it was wonderful. 
<clears throat> you know, we tried, we chatted. There were some guys in front of us who were really into it. Like, oh, yeah. couldn't believe, like, every time something, oh, my God, it's Millennium Falcon! Oh, my God! Like, they were, and it, that, that was fun to watch, I thought. Like, they weren't bothering me. Like, they were really into it. It was cool. I'm yeah. the type who's going to call out things like, what's an Aluminum Falcon? Uh, <laughs> Dan, the, there's movies out there where the behavior of the audience you're watching the film with can ruin the experience. You know, quiet films about babies running across the room buck naked. Yeah, Wait, suddenly no. a naked child in the room. That's what's happening right here. Um, Are right you now. naked? But no, like, The Godfather, The Godfather 2. Yeah, you, won't, you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want a loud audience for that. Without, without saying anything awful about this movie, this movie is not that movie. No, this, this yeah, is... I remember I went to go see Salt. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't my choice. I got dragged along. They were like, we're going to go see Salt. I was like, okay, I guess. And, uh, yeah, with about 10 minutes to go in the movie, a movie that I was just waiting to be over to begin with, with about 10 minutes to go, uh, I don't know if it was a cell phone or a crying baby, but eventually some other people lost their shit with some other people and began screaming at them, and then it went full ghetto. That's amazing. <laughs> the whole theater ends up yelling and screaming at each other. I have no idea how that movie ends because it was 10 minutes of screaming and most of the people went out and asked for their money back because they have no idea how the movie ends. And, and that movie actually has two different endings. It's awful. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Am I? This is a terrible... Like, I just want to see where I go, why do you keep wanting to watch movies with Angelina Jolie in them? They're always bad. Which is true. Miss I, I, Mrs. Smith was like the best movie she was ever in. That's, that's terrible. I can't stand her. I mean, she's okay, but... She's not in good movies. Yeah, so. I have to agree with Will. It's not anything she's doing. Yeah, it's not her fault. I don't, the center I don't like okay. Her. It's just that ever since Hackers, they've not been good movies. That Hackers was like the third thing she did. It was like, yeah. It, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I it, it was it was every. I mean, it literally was everything that I expected. Like, just the experience was amazing going in. <clears throat> Well, but Dan, the tons of trailers, the the crawl, the music, the people were cheering. Did you catch the the weird theme with the trailers? I mean, your trailers might have been different. They may have been in a different uh, order. However, uh, I found this very, very strange pattern going on. Okay. <coughs> it would go like, big action movie, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, fade in title, X-Men. And then fade in the title below it, Apocalypse. So the next one, it was like, Independence Day. Right below it, fading in, Resurrection, or Resurgence, or whatever the world that it was called. And it was like, big action movie. Captain America fade in below that civil war. And I'm like, so you think just because we come to watch a sequel to a franchise movie, we're going to go watch the sequels to all the franchise movies? I mean, technically, that's a good that's bet. That's all there is out but, there, though, right now. <clears throat> but holy shit, I was like, Are you, you are all making say. the same goddamn movie. And you're, and you're previewing them that's, exactly the same way. That's unfair. I don't know if Civil War is going to be any good. But Captain America Winter Soldier is a sequel, and it's the it's best amazing. movie Marvel's made. That's an amazing movie. I love that movie. Um, but no, um, you're telling me you're actually going to spend money on Independence Day? Uh, no. 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 I mean, I, I saw the first one in the theater, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was like, you know, 12 or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. This looked cute. It's the best I can give it. Okay. Uh, now they've got a Liam Hemsworth instead of Will Smith because he was cheaper. Was he cheaper? I thought Will just didn't want to do the movie. Nah, they said Will Smith was too expensive. They, 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 I find they, that they, hard to believe. There's actually a version of the script with Will Smith's character in it. Pre-concussion. Yeah. Pre-concussion. Will Smith was on like death's door. 
I've heard concussion's very good. Yeah. I've heard some good things about it. It's full of shit. But it's not very He's good in it. Yeah. It's not. I've seen it. It's not full of shit. It's, um... Wildly exaggerated. Some of it's mildly exaggerated. I would just simply say, you got to think of it in terms of, like, a documentary. It's presented from a very specific point of view. And because of that, there are certain inaccuracies. Yeah. As, as, as a documentary such as that would be. Yeah, they all have. You just have to remember that it has a viewpoint. Yes. Is what I'm saying. It has a very do. specific viewpoint. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, all right. Movie itself. I mean, I don't, we're not going to go through the whole like, storyline. If you haven't seen it, go um, see it. I feel it necessary to say this before we begin. Nickel did not like the film. Nickel did not like the film, and we got a very giant discussion on Twitter about why Nickel did not like the film, and that's okay. Namely, namely because he put out a, a list with nine bullet points. Which I responded to. Of things he felt were not very well supported in the film. Like, one of like potholes? No, like one of them. Some of potholes. He didn't like Carrie Fisher. I'm like, Carrie Fisher's a national treasure. Carrie Fisher has a lot of personal you know, issues. <laughs> She's amazing. I love Carrie Fisher. If you can get Carrie Fisher on set and get her to say her lines and then get her through that process, you've accomplished something. You know, one woman show is amazing. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I feel a little disappointed by Carrie Fisher in this movie, but it's less her fault than it is the screenwriter. You think the script, it's a script issue. No, I just think that they kind of went, we'll make Princess Leia 70. And I think yeah, it that's more, interesting. That's it would have been more compelling to see kind of what would have happened to Princess Leia, kind of like what happened to Carrie Fisher, which is to say that you know she had a lot of difficulties, and because of it, it, it made a more interesting person. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. like, you, you, you couldn't spend a lot of time on her storyline. No, and they kind of no. need to. Like, what happens after Ben goes bad, and what does that do to her? What does it do to Han? You have to be able to very short to shortcut thirty years of development. Yes, without just doing it with straight exposition. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult to do. I thought she was great. I thought she I was wonderful. I thought the, the scenes between her and Han, you had to have them, but they, I didn't feel like they went well. Well, but I think like they, they went... They, they weren't particularly well done. I don't think I would have liked the film without them. I don't think it did anything for her character, but they did a good job in those scenes of kind of explaining why Han Solo hasn't changed. Yes. That his response to this tragedy was... I'm going to be that guy I was before, and it's an act, but I feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Because it was so kind he clearly of hates back it. then. Yeah, he clearly hates doing it. He clearly hates being mm-hmm. a smuggler. You can tell in that first scene where he shows up and he gets the Falcon, you can tell like he was so happy when he had the Millennium Falcon back, but then at the same time he goes back into his smuggling ship, and you can just tell he mm-hmm. hates Yeah, this. somebody was pointing out one of the articles I read. It's sort of like, um, you know, Dan, you're at a different point in your life now than when you were 20. Oh, yeah. And you probably have some really fun hijinks that you got into when you were 20. Tons of hijinks. Can you imagine trying to go back and live the life uh, that you did when you were 20? No. It sounds horrible to you now. Even though it was a lot of fun then, trying to go back into well, it now sounds awful, awful and tiring. But I could, I could, I could fake it. <laughs> I could think that I, but I would be miserable. I would be yeah, absolutely miserable. It's, it's also a little bit more than that. We're going to go into that realm of continuity where Will gets uncomfortable. But, okay. um, yes, the Han Solo smuggler from A New Hope is fake. Like, Han is a lot more um, idealistic than he, he lets on in that movie. Right? Like, we're talking about someone who was an Imperial officer, gave up his career to save a giant hairy beast. Um, so it was fake. It was fake back then too, but it was fake back then with the idea of, I need to do this to survive right now. It wasn't kind of his whole existence. 
So this other going back to pretending to be that person again, that's, there's no, he doesn't see like a happy outcome for it. That's why he doesn't like it. Okay. Will's making faces. I don't think he agrees with me. No, no, I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm processing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked Harrison Ford in the movie. I thought he did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, I think that was the grand point, was as between these three actors, between him and, and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Mark Harrison Hamill didn't Ford, have a point, though. Like, there was, he didn't do anything in the movie. Well, the, no, well, he only appeared for 60 seconds, but you can't actually star either of them in a movie. They don't have the capability of carrying a movie the way that yeah, Harrison but you Ford still can. But you can. don't oh, have to star not. Harrison Ford in Star Wars. Star Wars can exist without Harrison Ford. Yeah, but if, but if, you, if you're starting from a premise of we're going to we're bringing back the three classic characters from this from from the movie into the franchise, you've got to start from the point of Harrison Ford is still a major movie star who can still act and carry a movie, and these other two people can barely be put on camera at this point in their careers. That's because what did you? Uh, just, well, what's your thought? Um, because J.J. Abrams is an idiot. <laughs> I, I, was waiting for, I was waiting for that to be said. Okay, let me, before I say what I'm about to say, let me put this caveat on. The middle of this movie I love. I know it's a nostalgia movie. I know he's just trying to make me really like A New Hope and Star Wars all over again. I fall for it just like everybody else. Yeah, I love the middle. It does the beginning good. feels like there's 25 minutes of footage missing. And it's not cut well. Does that make sense? I mean, like you can pull stuff out and use exposition. It's not done in this movie. They pulled those scenes out and didn't bother to, to tell us what happened in those scenes. So everyone's going, huh? Why'd that happen? Huh? Huh? A lot in the first 20 or 25 minutes. Which is, but, it's a movie you have to watch more than once, that's all. Oh, yeah. But I, what I really loathe more than anything else is the ending of this movie. Really? Let me no, give, it's a good ending. Yeah, yeah I agree. J. Abrams the end of this movie. It's okay. very simple. All right. The Falcon's leaving whatever the hell that planet's called. It's going by that little ring of asteroids, which I don't think can really happen in real life, but looks really pretty. And then it goes to, to hyperspace. Focus on the stars, and then start repaying Ben's speech right before he kills Han. And slowly dissolve to Mark Hamill's eyes with his, clo with his eyes closed. If you have not seen Star Wars yet and you're <laughs> listening to this like four weeks later, there's something wrong with you. Shut up about spoilers. Okay, so then you go, you go to Luke's eyes with his eyes closed, and then as soon as the lightsaber enters hand, you just see his eyes pop open, and you go to credits. Luke, Luke is awakened. <laughs> well, yes. well, well, well no, 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 see, here's what I like about that ending. I'm not saying I like it better, but here's what I like about that ending. The title of the movie is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. If that's the ending, then the question becomes, what's the awakening? Is it Ray? Is it it's Luke? Right. Is it? But yeah, but but if that's the ending, is it? Ray? I don't think that. Is it's it Ray. Luke? I don't think that. But if, no. if, if if that's the Finn. ending, it might be Finn. Luke. It's Finn. It's if, not Finn. If that's the ending, you can't be if, Luke. If they make Finn a Jedi, it will be like when Heroes decided that everybody in Heroes was a hero. No, <laughs> you can't make everybody a Jedi. <laughs> Let me explain my theory. Like, you. you have to have a character like Han, who's not a Jedi. But he's, that's he's, that's Poe. That's Poe. Now Poe's 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 nobody. Finn. Is Finn's, he is the fanboy in the movie? I love he is Finn. A I love that actor too. I, I dropped into the movie. I love that actor too. But here's the thing: I will tell you. I will tell you what my logic is. Very simple. And that's very astute. I hey. really like that. Finn's the only person in this movie who has an actual awakening, a physical awakening. 
And if you don't believe me, go back and watch the beginning of the film. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the stormtrooper who... No. Watch the stormtrooper with a heart of gold. ...of how he responds when the stormtrooper gets shot right in front of him, puts his hand up and gets blood on his helmet. Watch the way he responds. All I can tell you is I know J.J. Abrams actually... Like, that's the... If you, if you think there's a moment where Finn overcomes his, his conditioning, that's the moment it happens and he has a physical response. My theory is very simple. I don't think Finn is just some random kid that they stole to make a stormtrooper out of. I think he's one of the younglings at the Jedi Academy mm-hmm. that Ben stole, which is why Ben didn't like try to force throw him or anything like that, because he's remembering things and Finn and he doesn't want to. This is an interesting theory. Put him into a position where his muscles will respond without him realizing what he's doing, because otherwise, why does he have a sword fight with the guy? Finn will go into anything. No, he doesn't put any thought into this. No, I'm not saying Finn. I agree with this. I agree as well. I think it's anyway. Right. I'm saying Kylo. No, well, you got to listen to my whole theory. Okay. <laughs> my whole theory is this. A lot of people go, oh, look, Ben just killed his dad. This whole series is about redeeming him. No, I say screw that. You killed Han Solo. You're irredeemable. And I think that's the point. He doesn't want to be redeemed. No, I know. But I'm saying like in the series, I think he's irredeemable. So if you think the series is about redeeming someone from the dark side, and someone has to fall to the dark side, because it's not going to be Ben. Which means I think either Finn or Rey <clears throat> kill Ben in the second one, and they fall to the dark side, and the third movie ends up being the other one having to redeem them. See, I, uh, here's my thought about what, what this is going to be, and this comes from Maz's... And before you talk, I would just like to say, everything I said about this movie from the, from the trailer, I got right. You, you, yes, yes you did. Um, in Maz's bar, that temple where, where you had said that you think that she's a god, and I, no, I, I go back and watch. I absolutely agree. With I'm that. not saying she's a god, but I'm saying she's in a, she's a god in her own temple. As you walk into the temple, there's a big statue with like the the clothes of on her? top of it, and it's her. Yeah, yeah. But you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a big statue of her on top of the building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's obviously a temple. She's she's. Granted, they said it's been there for a thousand, thousand years. years. She but, she she makes a comment how the battle is always against the dark side. None of this other shit matters, which is why you have a lot of repetition. Um, because did you did you read David Eddings? I was going to yeah. ask him, but I know he didn't. Um, not all of David. Eddings. Okay, so they had not the crap with his wife. Well, the, there's the Bulgarian, which was his first book. Then the Malorian. I read, that one. I read the, the Malorian. The Malorian. Okay, so basically they're very similar. And, and the point being is that in the in this book there is a a the concept of. The universe was supposed to go in one way, and then something showed up where it wasn't supposed to, and so it went the other way, but the first way is still out there, and so what ends up happening is there's basically two divergent paths, a child of light and a child of dark, and they just keep fighting. Right, so there was this great article. Let me finish real quick. Over and over again, and I, I... don't, stop, don't right step on him. <laughs> I'm letting you go. Man. Don't, don't step on him. <laughs> um, and the idea that it's they're going to, and they basically keep having the same battle over and over and over again until one of them wins. And I think this is the trilogy where one of them wins. No. Yeah, no, anyway. I don't think so. So there was this great article up on HuffPo um, written by a professor somewhere who did this great job of being like, here's why this is the best Star Wars ever. And he went through a lot of the um, I'll have to read that. like. You know, the character like a character like Luke realizing he is stuck in the Joseph Campbell myth cycle. That this just he's he's been stuck in a narrative of a cycle, and he's decided I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play along with this anymore. The force is going to have to come to me. So he, I am. So he I left. Have, I have removed myself from the narrative. So he left. I, yes. If you think of this idea of the force balancing, even if if the light side starts to win, the force is the bad guy because it will cause the bad guys to come back. 
um, because it will cause balance. So even when you go ahead, you're going to get burned for it. So it's that sort of, I'm going to leave. There's no more Jedi left. I'm the only one. And if I've removed myself from the narrative, you got to do something. The force is going to awaken somebody else. I like that. That's also a very good point. It's so because Luke is gone, so we've got to, and whether it's Finn or Ray, it's got to grab somebody else to come along, and then it's got to grab somebody else. Where he's pre-programmed R two, and that when this happens, when the Force brings forth a new light, a new Jedi, a new sort of thing, then you know the rest of the programming is there is to to wake up to show me uh, to show them where I'm at, and so it's as soon as Ray and Leia are in R 2s presence and hug. R2 comes back to life and is like, here's the rest of the map. Um, who is Ray? <coughs> Wait, so first of all, I just, before we do that, I just want to throw a big bucket of pragmatic cold water on everyone. Oh. Let me share with everyone. The end of episode 8 will let Disney make episode 9. And the end of episode 9 will let them make episode 10. Yeah. yeah. And the end of episode 10 will let them make 11 until we're on Star Wars 37, but when we're all like 90 and we die. Because they can, because basically, again, what I just said, it's always about the battle between the dark side. It doesn't matter what else is going on. We're so on we James can just, Bond, like 30. So we can yeah. just keep making movies. Well, yeah, but you gotta, you got to change them a little bit. James Bond is getting very anticlimactic now. I haven't seen Spectre yet, so don't it's spoil not, it yet. It's not that so. Spectre's a bad movie. It's not. It's just kind of like, I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like, I don't care. Yeah, and that's my, that's my biggest fear about James Bond, because Skyfall is my favorite James Bond. It's such a good movie. What, what Bond needs to do is... That I, needs, I, I don't like to give credit to something you like, because you're so insufferable when you like something. <laughs> but, um, it's true. What Bond needs to do is take a lesson from Doctor <coughs> Who. Quite often, Doctor Who... Police box? I don't understand. No, quite often, after, after they've been going for a while, Doctor <coughs> Who goes for specifically being very different. Right? Like Capaldi's thinking of being done... They went really old with Capaldi. They're going to have to do something really extreme. This may be the first time we see a female doctor. Um, we could do it. Um, we absolutely could. They made Claire the doctor. Yeah. So, so, so like, that. that is, you know, I mean, that's what they need to do with Bond. They're, they're sticking a little bit too much to the, like, oh, but we have a thing. We have, we have conventions, and we have a thing, and it needs to be those things. How about a Bond movie where Q is the hero? I'd watch that. I like the new Q. I actually saw In the Heart of the Sea, which is an okay movie. He's actually good, man. He's only in like 17 minutes of it. He's, he was great in Skyfall. He's just, he's fascinating. He is. He just is. I would see that movie, but like I'm getting kind of sick of the adventures of James Bond. Yeah. I've, in my lifetime, I've seen at least 20 of them. And they're all very similar. They're, they're, and, that, and that's the thing. Is it's, but it's, he's a comic book character, and so you've, you've got to figure out something else different to do. But even Superman does the, the Jimmy Olsen story every once in a while. My only Spectre reference uh, that I've seen so far was uh, obviously they have some famous artists do the theme song every movie. Sam Smith, yeah. And this yeah, one, so this thing yeah. was Adele last time, I think. So apparently they went and had Sam Smith, uh, who, as far as I know, had one hit that was ripped off. Uh, so and the song's not that great. Yeah, so and I, I listened to it. And I was like, oh, this is unlistenable. I got through about it's 45 terrible. seconds. I had to shut it off. Radiohead posted up on Christmas Day that apparently they were first approached. Yeah, and they wrote a song. And they made a song, and they posted it on SoundCloud. Um, if you like Radiohead, like modern Radiohead, then you'll, you'll like it. It's very um, uh, symphonic, I guess. Mm -hmm. they, they add a little more, like, you know, string kind of stuff in there than they normally do. It'd be cool to hear a Radiohead James Bond but it's, song. So it's one of those things where it sounds more like a Radiohead song than a James Bond song, but they tried, and I see why the studio was like, Thanks, but, but no. no thanks. 
Uh, but it's good. But regardless, so let's, let's get the important thing here. When was the last time a James Bond song was good? Adele's was... Skyfall was a great song. I don't yeah. think of that movie when I think of that song. What'd you say? The answer... The answer is no, A View no. to a Kill. A View to a Kill is a great song. No, no. Do, do you like... <laughs> why is that that all he said? What are you hanging on to I, don't, I have no idea why like the microphone becomes a new-new for him. Yeah, that seems yeah. to be the only thing is he goes Is he saying there. new or is he saying no? Because I'm hearing no, and and I was going to make the comment, Dan, that you realize your son is basically doing the same thing you do on the podcast. He's just going, no, 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 no. Um, no the, the strangest thing for me in terms of James Bond yeah. artists is when in like the 90s they decided that garbage should do the theme song. Yeah, but I mean, even, was even back, Carly Simon did a uh, James Bond theme song, and they had wings, and oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> and they had like, hey, we had Paul McCartney did Live and Let Die. Um, hi, hi, hi. Oh, okay. Off. Oh, this is this is. Hi, my beautiful wife and your mother. Let go. Let go. Okay. No. Oh. <laughs> that <laughs> himself headache. All right. So we're back. Um. The question where, where was. Where we started. No. The question was who's Ray or why are Star Wars fans stupid? Yeah, they're stupid. Uh, what? Why? Because a bunch of them think she's a Kenobi. Mm-mm. If you've watched this film, no, 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 no. she's a Skywalker. If you've watched this film and you think there's the level of complexity of Lost in it, you are out of your mind. Like, why do you think she's a Kenobi? Because they're looking for like Lost level, like plot structure. No, this is in the end she's going to be a Kenobi. No, No. this is a very simplistic film. It's J.J. Abrams going, "Hey guys, remember when Star Wars was cool? I think we should go back to thinking Star Wars was cool and pretend the prequels never happened." That's what made this film. And there's a lot of people out there that are actually quite bitter about it. And aren't they ironic? That they don't like... One of the most no. salty people about it is... Max George Lee. Lucas. Yes, him too. I had a topic about this, but I, I'm fine with this. George Lucas... <sighs> I, was, I was thinking George Lucas. Max Landis was, was more funny than that. George Lucas is... Because, you know, most uh, people in Hollywood really are concerned what Max Landis thinks of their I film. Think, uh, Who the fuck is Max Landis? <laughs> He wrote Chronicle and what? Victor Frankenstein. Oh, so no. He's like a hack. No, uh, and, and my, uh, George Lucas is, I, I honestly think, the epitome of the misunderstood artist. Like, he literally doesn't understand why people didn't like the prequels and didn't like the special editions because those were the movies I wanted to make, and you all liked the originals and they were incomplete. Why don't you like my complete movies? Missing the point? Why people like Star Wars to begin with. Dan, his own logic doesn't make sense. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. You know what he said in that interview with Charlie Rose? Besides white slavery? He said, he said, which he apologized for. I wanted to tell a simple story about fathers and sons. That's great, George. How does the prequels do that? See, and I'm sure he thinks that that's what they are, though. They don't do that. No, but th- th- it sets up the father and son story, and the Kenobi-Anakin relationship is very much a father and son, or at least in theory. But it doesn't actually get anywhere, and that's the problem, is he really thinks it does, and he's really upset that they, people don't understand him. He is literally the 16-year-old emo kid that nobody understands, except he has $2 billion that Disney gave him. He forced slams his door shut. <laughs> Did you see the more interesting story floating around the And listens to the Imperial world? March on vinyl. <laughs> on vinyl, exactly. What's that? Did you, listen, did you see the more interesting um, interweb story about Star Wars? No. That apparently Anakin was offered to Leonardo DiCaprio. For yeah! What the? That would have been terrible. No, that might have been great. That might have been great. I, I imagine that Leonardo DiCaprio would have been a lot like Harrison Ford. He would have looked at the script and gone, 
I'm not going to say that. And he would have said whatever, and it would have made a lot more sense. And somebody brought up on Reddit that Jake Lloyd looks a lot like a young Leonardo DiCaprio, thinking that maybe Jake Lloyd was cast because he looked like a young Leonardo DiCaprio, and so, you know, the through line is there. But Vader has no resemblance to Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, that's what happens when you're in a black suit. Well, yeah, but you have to remember, um, George was always planning on removing Sebastian Shaw entirely from the movie. Yeah, according to George Lucas. God, what was it? Somebody... Somebody actually made the argument about Darth Vader being a... Like, it was in a paper that somebody wrote on a college campus, seriously, that Darth Vader is a symbol of gentrification, and that there's a white guy inside, that, and I'm just like... And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, just Hooper everybody, every single person that is like, this can't be real, this is Hooper, we all want to be white inside, like... <laughs> Look, there's nothing incorrect. Black Razor, I almost pissed myself. There's nothing incorrect in that reading of Star Wars, but uh, my personal opinion is that that's you putting a lot of your own ideological belief onto a product. Like, yes, there is, in Star Wars, there is the privileging of light and the (coughs) kind of dismissal of dark. Well, But that's just our society. I don't really think that George Lucas was trying to make a commentary on race. Sith lives matter. No, all of the all of the the Vader and Dark uh, or, or Empire um, references are all Nazi references. The design of the uniform, <coughs> the design of the stormtroopers, the fact that they are called stormtroopers, yes, and even in this movie, all Nazi. You have Hux, Hux, General Hux, 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 doing the Adolf Hitler thing. blatant. It's 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 a space opera done to the hero's journey with samurai stuff. I mean, like, and Nazis. I have to say something. It's just pulling off of a lot of these different things, and it really, really, you know, worked in 1977 for people who had never seen anything like that before. Exactly, Des. That dude's really good. The guy who plays Hux. Yeah, Uh, Dominic. Only thing that's worth watching in The Revenant. Oh, okay. So in the right, I know. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, I did. Oh. And, and you know, if you want, if you want to see two and a half hours about how dismal and depressing it was to live in 1820s Wyoming for like everybody, see that movie. I guarantee you, it was better than watching Joy. I have not seen did Joy. You go see yet. Joy? Oh my God! I got dragged to see Joy on Christmas. Well, it's Joy. Uh, yeah, except it has nothing to do with Christmas. It just, <laughs> they, they just totally sold people on like, look, it has Jennifer Lawrence. You guys love Jennifer Lawrence. And we called the movie Joy and released it at Christmas. Give us your money. Okay. And so, people did. You saw the preview, right? Yeah. Okay. So she says some badass lines and then she fires a gun. Do you have any idea what the movie's about? No, I have no idea. It's about, it's about the lady who created the Wonder Mop. Yeah, it's a lady who invented a mop and then <laughs> sold it. She went on QVC and sold it. And sold it on QVC. Now, if they previewed that movie as, would you like to see a movie about a lady who invented a mop and sold it on no. QVC? Like, no. And so the, the problem with the movie is, apart from the fact that the, like, the climax of the movie is she cuts her hair, is um, it's one of those, like, you have to overcome adversity kind of thing. And the way that they portray overcoming adversity is to make every single character in the movie insufferable. To make every scene awkward and horrible. Everything goes wrong. Every time everything starts to go right, it goes wrong. For If it's a two-hour movie, it feels like it's about an eight-hour movie, but for two hours. So for about an hour 45, everything is horrible and awkward and goes wrong. And then Pixie Dust Magic Deus Ex Machina or whatever. (laughs) Deus whatever. Deus Ex Machina. Uh, And then it works out... (laughs) And then I walked out of the movie and wanted to punch myself in the face. Because you saw Joy. Because you went and saw Joy. I was like, we could go watch The Hateful Eight, you know. You don't want to see that either. No? I'm going to stop everybody. My wife made homemade 
from scratch bread, yeah. homemade from scratch butter, and it is amazing. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Hateful Eight. Before I talk about Hateful Eight, that's going to stop on that end of the table. Because you're having all kinds of eye sex with your wife, and it's about bread and butter, and that's weird. Bread and butter is delicious. He's not having eye sex with me. He's having eye sex with the bread and butter that I'm holding. <laughs> she called you out even more than I did. Wow. All right. Um... Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. We're going to finish up with Hateful Eight. Then we'll finish up with Star Wars. Then we'll be done. Two we'll and a half hours of people talking. It's, I've heard good things, though. That's what it's here in seven, seven minutes of gunfights. Seven minutes of gunfights? Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I agree with Quentin that if a character in their own parlance, in their own time, would use the, the N-word that we shouldn't limit ourselves as artists and have them not use the N-word. I totally agree with that. But there are 750 uses of the word N-word. <laughs> <in this world. laughs> and, no, and, there's a moment in which Samuel Jackson has a speech that is so anachronistic that I don't buy anybody before the year 1973 giving the speech. Oh, and it goes on for 17 oh, minutes. So the idea... That Quentin's doing it to be historically accurate goes right out the window. He's doing it because it pisses people off. <laughs> uh, I know there's a girl I used to work with. I can actually say that. Oh, and I left all of her contact information on my desk. Oh. I'm going to have to email her. Um, uh, there's a girl that I work with who has literally said, she's like, Quentin Tarantino is my best friend. We're going to hang out. We're going to watch movies and talk. He just doesn't know it yet. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to knock the guy for being a brilliant filmmaker, but every time he opens his mouth, I basically want to punch myself in the face. I want to punch him because he's, he's really passionate. He's real hard to listen to. But I, I, if I if I could knock myself out, like he can keep talking and that's fine because he loves what he does. But I'm like, oh my god, stop talking! I'm like, you take something that we love, movies, and you know a ton about movies, but you know so much about movies that's not even cool to listen to. Yeah, it's anymore. not fun anymore. And like, like that's the thing. I'm like, you know so much about movies, and I love movies, and I would love to hang out with you. But I feel like going to his house to see a movie would be exhausting. He's exhausting. Like just exhausting. Um, I, I I still haven't finished Django Unchained, so I'm gonna really? do it. I have no. I just we, we both want to see it. Really, I both want to see. It. We just like, never so watched part of it and weren't able to finish it. Yeah, I, I got through the first like 15 minutes, and then I was like, oh, I gotta go to bed, or I gotta go do something, and I never got back You're to it. You watched Inglorious Bastards, right? I love that movie. Okay. That was a great movie. Um, well, this, it's like the same thing, but in, you know, the South. The South. Um, finishing up the Star Wars. What was everybody's thought? I loved it. I thought it was great. I understood what J.J. Abrams was going for. I did not mind that it basically repeated a New Hope because it was always going to repeat a new hope going and i knew it was going to repeat a new hope going and i knew that han solo was going to die i knew that it wasn't a spoiler i was not shocked but then it's new hope but the new characters that they introduced are deeper and better acted yes and quite frankly funnier uh than anything that was done before bb8 is, is more adorable and more compelling than r2 was yeah um Ray and Finn They're are bro. way better heroes. Yeah. Kylo is a much more compelling bad and, and guy. An interesting bad guy. He's got many levels that we have. All the characters have way more levels it than just, it, the cartoonish level of depth that was given to the original. Every movie. single new actor acted the fuck out of that movie, and it was yeah. very even for what it was. It was very well done. I and and I think it was just great. All right, that was my take. I loved it. I thought it was great. Go see it. William, did you like it? Absolutely. All right, that's all he had. Des, I, I enjoyed it a great deal, but um, unlike the Star Wars Uber fans, which I'm not calling either of you Star Wars Uber fans, I do see its rather obvious flaws with the bad beginning and the not-so-great end. 
Yeah, no, I really, I really like. Do you know what I really like about the, the moment on the beach? Talk with, to me. Talk to me after they release the Lord of the Rings style extended edition. Yeah, they, they very well may. Um, yeah, the very end of the movie again. Spoilers. Uh, Ray decides to go find. Is it Ray? Dizzy, no, Dizzy stop doing the spoilers again. If you're listening to this four <laughs> weeks after Star Wars came out, there's something wrong with you if you haven't seen it. True. Seriously, Ray, I'm not telling our audience to leave, but go stop listening to this podcast and go watch the movie. What's wrong with you? Ray goes to find Luke. She finds him on an island in an island world, and and I, then she has just like nine minutes of her climbing. Oh my god! Oh my god! I use Stairwalker. I use I use the restroom so bad, but it's I'm like bad and I'm like I can't leave. No, I, I love the restroom because I had Luke Stairwalker with stairs like actual stairs, and then it was Luke Stairwalker as if oh, the only thing he did was stare in his entire part of the movie. <laughs> so they, they both really worked. <laughs> Um, and in fact, I heard he lost 50 pounds over two years for that 60 seconds of film time. Exactly. Like, and you still look like shit. No, no, you still no, no. okay because you found no. yourself on an island. Yes. That, that's okay. Well, he lost all that weight just in the one climb up to the top to shoot the scene. Yeah, right. Like, and I'm sitting there and like, I, I got I to pee so bad. Like, I had like the big soda and like, I was getting uncomfortable during the, the fight mm-hmm. in the snow and I'm like, it's going to end soon. I just got to, I got to make Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's coming. I got to see Luke Skywalker. And then like, they get to the planet and the Falcon's there and they land on the island and she starts to climb I'm like okay here we go and like 15 minutes later she finishes climbing the goddamn stairs and I'm like oh my god and there was the final end I was like Mark Hamill is I don't I don't quite understand what he was doing in that scene because he had this look of like oh it's you oh that's my lightsaber oh it's my father's lightsaber am I happy am I sad am I shocked I don't know and then it ended <laughs> that's you, you go slowly insane when no. you sit by yourself for too long. I guess so. No, that's because you don't know about the private conversations for the last 15 years that he's been having with Qui-Gon, where Qui-Gon's like, you can't just sit on this island. <laughs> you understand? The universe won't just let you sit on this island. I'm going to have to watch it again. Somebody said on some thread that they believe there was a makeshift grave there. I'll have to see it again. I'm not sure. Uh, um, my, my, my thing is, I feel like Qui-Gon's going, you have a very particular set of skills, Luke. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. Um, but you know what? I, I'm wondering if episode 8 they're actually going to at least hopefully explore that perhaps Luke has been talking to Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon and Yoda. Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon is just and sitting Anakin. out there in the ether going, haven't you guys figured out yet that what a Jedi is supposed to be is me? I'm the Jedi. Oh, you guys are amazing. Jedi. You guys are all screwed up. Some of you are too attached. Some of you weren't attached enough. Seriously, guys, get it together. Um, they, somebody, it's on a closing note. Somebody actually, I found it on I think IO9 or Reddit or somewhere. They basically said the prequels aren't bad. Let's take out all the shit stuff of the prequels and see what we get. And they took Jar Jar and they gave like they took out all the stop, silly Jar Jar scenes and they the badness on Jar Jar. No 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 it's not it's not the Jar Jar scene. It's like what they've done is so they 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 take all the English out and give them an accent and then they take the Trade Federation, change their lines around and give them an like not an accent but like a different language. Okay. They they tone up Padme and like they basically take Episode One and it's about ninety minutes. But the point is, it, again, it's you shouldn't watch it because it's like, but it's like twenty minutes in and they're already on Coruscant. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. Okay. Grace did this. The pacing is ridiculous. Maybe it was told for Grace, but it's no, like he, well, nobody's seen the one. He took the prequels, turned them into one movie. He cut out everything about midichlorians. He cut out Jar Jar. He cut out all the politics and the Trade Federation and made it into what people who have seen it have said was one fantastic movie. Oh, well, what was interesting was really was like. Is there good enough stuff in the prequels to to kind of make them cohesive? And it was. I watched the Phantom Menace, and it was not 
that bad. It's the pacing is shit because you can't take an hour worth movie and condense it in twenty five minutes. Look, but you know, look. Let me sum up in one word, not one word, in one sentence. What the problem with the prequels? Are. We cut out no Qui Gon because Qui Gon's a badass. No, there are there are actors in Star Wars, the prequels, and they're good. And they are uh, what's his name who plays the Emperor? Ian McDermott is amazing, right? Um, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Okay. And then there are people who are newbies who aren't good. What is the difference between these two people? Uh, don't. The good people don't read the crappy dialogue that George Lucas writes. Oh, they just they. Yes. They probably just go ahead and paraphrase their lines, and George probably gets used to having actors do that to him because Harrison's the one who first did it to him. Because he was no, this is a bad line. I'm not saying this. Yeah, no. I'll say this instead. Yeah, it's the same meaning, um, but I'll say it instead, and it makes George sense. George Lucas right. is awful with dialogue. That's what makes the, the prequels really bad. It's not, like, all the stuff that like people have a problem with, I agree, are problems. But they're small problems. The big problem is the main character speaks in a way that makes him seem like a complete, whiny, just horrible, awful person who we don't root for. And Hayden Christensen and, and watching him fall his dialogue. And Hayden Christensen is not that bad an actor. Go back and watch Life as a House. No, he's his dialogue great. in Life as a House is 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 whiny as hell. But he's good because the dialogue is motivated. Star Wars, it's all crap. They just didn't write a story for those first three that was epic enough to be a Star Wars movie. It really could have been tragic. It could have been an amazingly tragic movie if yeah. it was done correctly. If George had just taken my idea. His idea. Yeah. My idea was the best one. There aren't only people out there talking about it. Which is, you, you have the Emperor show up to recruit Anakin, and Anakin tries to fight him and lose. And have him make the calculation of, you know what I'll do? I'll learn a little bit from this guy, and then I'll kill him. And then his descent to the dark side is a motivated choice of a heroic character, allowing him to actually be redeemed. Rather than him going, I, my favorite thing is that Honest Trailers recently did a copy of... of Part three, and they basically point out the fact that Anakin goes to the dark side because he had a bad dream. Yeah, that's very true. He had a bad dream. Had a bad they dream. could have sent him in there on purpose, thinking that he would go in to destroy it from the inside, and then they lost him. Yeah. That would have been interesting too. Oh my god, all sorts of interestingness, none of which happened in the prequels. No. no, instead there was like some youngling slain or something. And yeah, the honest trailers points out that he goes from being a Jedi Knight to slaying the younglings in nine minutes. Um, I don't mean, yeah, like literally nine minutes. I, I don't want to keep going on this because I can do this for hours, but if you watch the Clone Wars cartoon... I yeah. think that does a great job. No, it really does, and it actually serves to explain some of what Anakin did in episode three because of well, his loss of... Uh, what's her bucket? His Padawan Padme. chick. No, no, the the Twi'lek Padawan chick he has... She's not dead. He, she's not dead, but she, she he loses her because she quits. Oh, she quits. Okay. She quits. She quits... There, there's a trial, she's acquitted, but not acquitted, and she's just like, fuck all of you. I can't remember her name. Well, here's the thing. In the cartoon? In the cartoon, and she's in Rebels. But she basically says, fuck all of you, and it really fucks with her head about who we can save and who we can't save, and it's, it's and the cartoon, it's done really well. One of the problems with analyzing the prequels is, that, at least when it comes to the fact that George thinks they're really good and everybody else thinks they're bad. Yeah is the fact that George thinks he's given you all the pieces you need to have there. Like I told you recently, Dan, something that I don't think a lot of uber Star Wars nerds really realize, but it's the fact that in Return of the Jedi, the reason Luke wears black is so that everybody in that scene will wear black. Which scene? 
the end, when he's fighting Vader and he's fighting the Emperor, they're all wearing black. All none wearing of black. them are privileged because none of them are supposed to be the hero. They're three people with specifically different worldviews who are fighting about which one will rule the universe. They're none, none of them are the hero. Luke's way is just as likely to get people killed as Vader's way is or the Emperor's way is. And it's not like the Emperor and Vader are supposed to have the same worldview. They're really not. No, they're supposed to be at odds against each other. Yeah. So he thinks that what he's given you in part three, which is this idea, like you understand, he thinks he created in, in part three, 2001. The movie? Yeah, like, like the premise of the movie of 2001. You remember what the premise is, right? Hal goes crazy because he's given two sets of conflicting instructions. Right? Protect the crew. Hide this stuff from the crew. Yes. And this stuff, hiding it, puts the crew in danger. He goes crazy. That's what causes 2001. Okay. That's what George thinks he's created in episode three. But he hasn't. Just, he thinks, no, he thinks he does. The fact that the, the Jedi tell Anakin he has to repress all the ways he thinks he wants to behave in order to follow their way, which is somehow better. And everything they have him do is bad from his own moral compass. Which causes him to go yes. to the dark side. He okay. thinks that's enough. I don't agree with him. But that's why he doesn't understand why people don't get it. He thinks that the idea that your bosses would go, we want you to be a good Jedi Knight and not have attachment and not do this. And we want you to be a good moral person. Now go spy on that dude. Yeah. He thinks that's enough. But I disagree with it being enough. I agree with you disagreeing with them. Yeah. But like, that's why he doesn't get why people don't get it. Because it's all right there. It's in the film. Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's, show, it's told, not shown. That's I don't want to say it's told, it's not shown. It's that's that's like four-year-old logic. Well, you you, you can take that logic. Every adult understands that that the whole world is made up of grays. Yes. Right. You know? well, Donald Trump views himself as the hero. I don't agree with him. Uh, I, don't, I feel like but he views himself as the hero like of this story. We need to end the podcast, but that makes me real sad that we're ending the podcast on that note. Well, I'll, I'll just mention the one part of episode seven that we didn't cover, which was the best part. The Millennium Falcon reveal? No. <sighs> the Archer-style Wookiee rampage. That was incredible. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't buy the Wookiee. Rampage! <laughs> did, did anyone actually buy that? Yes! yes. <laughs> Look I, at this guy! I don't know. <laughs> Chewbacca was like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot that guy. I'm going to blow the place up before any of even my friends have even had a chance to escape. <laughs> but he took cover. <laughs> That's the part I didn't buy, that he, that he takes cover. He's not stupid. He wants to make yeah. sure. Yeah. No, I've always said that. Oh, like and I, his little like segment there with what? the lady, uh, the, who was the nurse who was fixing his wounds. That was adorable. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah you're, I'm sure you're big and strong. Look, I liked, I liked a lot of the humor. Um, I'm not really sure most of the humor fit Star Wars. Oh, that was great. I thought the that's not how the force works was one that of the That was ones. funny, but how about the beginning where Poe goes? That's always been funny. How about the beginning where Poe goes? Do I talk first? Do you talk first? How do we do this? What, what happened? Well, because I feel that's not very Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's not, but I feel like we need a character like that because, like, literally. Finn was the character who goes in there and says the thing. So, like, the, the, the fan, like I said, the fanboy who's dropped into the movie who says things that don't appear in Star Wars movies. Yeah. The, the, he's, he's the perfect comic relief at all points in that movie. Which is why, like, like, like Poe's line about, do you, say, do you speak first or I speak first works because Kylo's not saying anything and Poe's just like. He's just a badass, dicky pilot. Like, he's just, a, he's just a dick. And he's just like, who talks first? Like, I'm not going to be afraid of you. He's right about Finn. Like, the Finn's whole taunting of Phasma when she gets, when she, they capture her, more or less. 
they, you will never see that kind of dialogue in another movie, in another Star Wars. No, no, no. I mean, and then the whole thing is, is like, I want to do what's right. You need a pilot. Yeah, no, I, I think you probably will. I need a pilot. Like that's like it's you're right. The, he was the, a Star Wars nerd. The one thing I will say about JJ as a, a director is this is not the first time he has done this. Um, take take something that has a very specific kind of um, convention to it, and then add dialogue that doesn't quite fit. He's been doing it to all these movies. They're in both the, 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 Star, Star, the Star Trek movies, right? Yeah, you know? and in fact, this one had the Star Trek monster in it. The Star, the Trek, Star Trek monster? monster? Yeah, so each of the Star Treks have had the, like, that terrifying monster talking that about, faces you. Are we talking about the monster? Yeah. The Wrath Tars on the Millennium. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. They come right out of Star Trek. That's true. Yeah. 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 That was that whole sequence. Like those weren't the. That was my least favorite sequence. That yeah. one. That was my least favorite sequence of the movie. Because even after it was done, I was like, "Wait, did they get rid of those? How did they?" Have I don't. Those? I don't really understand what's, what just happened here. They, they got a million falcon and they ran away. Because like each Star Wars movie had the like the new scary creature. Uh, not all of them whom I can remember what they're called. There's um, the Wampa. The Wampa. Yeah, what's the one that Luke there's has the to after he was upside down? With that the, was the Wampa. The Wampa. The Wampa. Okay. Yeah, and there's those the sort of creatures each time. Yeah, the Rancor. Sarlacc, I'm like, yeah. these don't count. <laughs> these don't count. Those. They're too CGI. All right. They are too CGI. But, but again, I, I think they did lead to the best moment of kind of um, <clears throat> irony and female empowerment in the movie. Which was? When Ray closes the door and saves him, and then he's talking about how the door just magically closed and <laughs> saved him, and her response was, yeah, good luck that. <laughs> she was great. And perhaps most important to Dan, the fact that Daniel Craig was in the movie. You didn't catch that Daniel Craig was in the movie. I did. I did catch Daniel Craig. He was a stormtrooper, and you could tell, because you could hear his voice when he, you know, you're going to unlock these. I'm going to walk in. And I'm like, oh my God, that's totally Daniel Craig. But I, and, and he's credited as JB007. Is he? Yeah. That is the story. Oh, yes. Oh, right, like at the end, I, I was looking again. I'm like, did you, did you catch all the other ones? Yeah, like all the other ones. What's like that? that? Did you catch all the other cameos? Simon Pegg. Did you catch Simon Jojen? Was, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that did guy's you, called. Did you catch uh, Jojen? Jojen from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, was he himself? Was he something else? He was an Imperial officer in the scene where they steal the Tie Fighter. He's the one oh, of the guys in the control tower. Okay. There's, there's a bunch of Game of Thrones cameos in there. I, I don't know if they're considered cameos. I don't know if they all film at the same place, and they're like, you get to be in the movie, you get to be in the movie, you get a part. It's like one of the Lord of the Rings and the Flight of the Concords guy. They're like, well, we've put everybody else who's in New Zealand into the movie, so... It's your turn. You're, yeah. All right, I'm going to end, because it's at 1.22, there's pizza, and I'm sure we're going to play some games. Mm. Good. All right, this has been Musings of a Geek, episode 107. Um, I'd like to thank my co-host, Des and Will. Uh, uh, wait, wait. One more quick thing. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who still you. feel that there are massive plot holes in episode seven, um, go out and buy Greg Rucka's book with whatever it's called before the awakening. It's like three short stories. It's it's unfulfilling from the standpoint that they're short stories, but it's helpful to okay. the overall understanding of the beginning of the film. There you go. Um, check that out. Um, you can get it if you want to listen to it. You can get it on Audible. We have an Audible link on musingsofageek.com, which is where the Musings of a Geek podcast network lives. And I did a shit ton of updates this week because it was my last week of work, and why not? Um, musingsofageek.com, we're Musings of a Geek. Uh, there's a ton of podcasts. Go ahead and listen to it. We have an Audible banner, as I said. We also have an Amazon banner. Go ahead and click on the Amazon banner. We can get stuff that's awesome. Um, you can find us on musingsofageek.com. We are on dangerentertainment.net net which is the danger entertainment podcast network itunes stitcher tune in radio where else are we and any of you would like to issue your complaints to nickel for his dislike of star wars episode 7 can contact him 
at graphic novice graphic novice at graphic novice um i i Really need to email back Tangent Bound because I was trying to get us on Tangent Bound and then I stopped talking to the guys. Well, so. you know, they don't have a bumper, Dan. That's okay. I'm just that. sharing. They don't have a bumper. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. It tells me every single week on Graphic Novice. Is there anything else for this episode, Des? I don't think so. Thank you for coming. Thanks again for listening and stay geeky, my friends. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends.